This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We're back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Mike, what is going on? Because we are currently recording at 7.37 during day one of the official start of the Combine. Any crazy 40 times right now? Um, from the last one, not really. I'm kind of surprised Noah Sewell ran 4.72. I thought he was fast, faster than that. That is um, one of the slower linebacker times so far. And Henry 2.0, something like that. 2.0, 2.0. I, I don't I need to watch a broadcast game and hear an announcer say it. Uh four six nine, which is all right, but you know slower than Kalaja Cansey. <laughs> do I want to take do I want to take that over Kalaja Cansey? Um and then nobody else is uh really crazy. And I think you mentioned off the podcast, Ivan Pace is not going to run. So sad for every Bearcats fan listening. But Tyler Scott, that's his name, right? Mm-hmm. He's gonna run. And will he break four three? What do you think? No. Okay. Four three three. That's, that's a great bet. You know, like nobody does. <laughs> over over under right now. I have some. But it's the Indianapolis track. Maybe he can. Well, they probably do have those on sports betting sites. All your combine numbers. What can? What are they going to run? Oh I mean, it, it's absolutely insane. So I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but you know, what would be crazy. You bring up Noah Sewell. Um, wouldn't it be crazy if Cincinnati took him? And they finally got their um, their their soul, but not their offensive lineman. But he's a linebacker. He's fun. I watched uh, two games of him. I don't know how good he is, but he's fun, and he does a lot of pass rushing as well as being an off-ball linebacker. Don't love the forty time so far, but I think he's bigger too. So he, he's like a big linebacker. So it might be okay. I got to see uh, some other stuff. He wasn't the slowest linebacker either. Well, maybe a later linebacker. He, he is like a third round guy, I think. Yeah, so I, I love it. Not, there, I don't think there is a first round linebacker out there. 
I, I wouldn't want to touch it right now. Uh, but we'll get to your questions. You sent several of them. We're going to start with Parker Blake. He always has great questions. Normally, they have to do with the offensive line. So I'll go to his. He says, why don't, all caps, the Bengals draft an offensive line in the first two days? Should they? Um, if you plug the holes, it's not necessary is what I think. So I think I would try to, but you also don't want to pigeonhole yourself. If you end up with, it's very unlikely, but we'll see. Maybe he runs bad. B. John Robinson at 28. Do you now have to take the line, the, the offensive lineman in the next two rounds? Or what if a good corner falls to you at pick 60? You can't pigeonhole yourself in round three into, okay, we got to take an offensive lineman here. We skipped it the first two rounds. So that's why you really got to plug the holes. And then if push comes to shove next year, you end up taking the offensive lineman. I'm just a big proponent of staying even, staying I don't need anything. And that's kind of where the Bengals were last year is that they didn't need anything in that draft. They just kind of took whatever was there, and it worked out pretty well. Uh, so I'm hoping for something similar to that. But I also think you definitely could take an offensive lineman in any of the first three rounds. After the first three rounds, everything gets dicey. What is a fourth-round pick? or What are the odds that a fourth-round pick is going to do well for you uh, in the first year uh, running back sometimes do. And other than that, like it's usually pretty sparse for that guy impacting team his rookie year. Well, maybe all the defensive freaks go early. The quarterbacks, they're all getting fucked up. They're going to go early. Then all the tight ends. And then that leaves Paris falling right to 28. And you say, yes, let's go. This is yeah. an easy pick. This takes five seconds to it's put an easy in. One. We're going to add you. We're going to add you to the offensive line. But at the same, I mean, other than that, I'm just not ready to commit to offensive line. It, it, it's the class. It's the front yeah, office. It doesn't. I mean, hopefully we get to talk to some people that yeah. have watched more than us. Uh, but it feels like the class is just not strong this season. And that's okay. Yeah. It's. It's more of, hey, if you were able to get a left tackle or you you were able to get a right tackle in this in this draft, that would be awesome. Sign me up right now. We, we've talked about those positions, and you have to think of the future at left tackle. We've talked plenty of Jonah Williams, so I'm not going to go that route right now. But the right tackle position, you need to think what you're going to do there because right now you do not have a right tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals on the offensive line. So if the guy is there at 28th, and do it, but I'm not reaching. Uh, we'll go to Greg. He says, what position will they double down on this year? Do you think, do you think in this draft? No idea. I have no clue what they're thinking. Honestly. Yeah. I don't even have a feel what they're going to do at all. Like <laughs> I think they draft a running back. I think they draft a corn. No, I just think they draft a corner because it's deep class. And you know, other than that, I got like no feel. Who do they draft? Like, you could tell me they somehow double dipped at wide receiver, and I could believe that. Now, I wouldn't think it would be like first, second round double dip, but like a third round guy, seventh round guy, I could see it, sure. Uh, defensive line, defensive tackle, edge, maybe. I'm trying to think. Corner, you could definitely do it. You can never have enough of those guys. Offensive line, if you just consider it offensive line, maybe but I don't think they double dip at tackle. So, well, the Seahawks did last year and it worked out really well for them. They found both starting tackles in the draft. 
I and, and I I know a lot has changed in the front office with the Cincinnati Bengals. I just don't try their luck with offense alignment is absolutely terrible in the draft. And you know, I, I hope Cordell works out just fine in year two. But at the same time, when you look at the overall picture over the last few years, um, it's it's not too uh great for them. So I'd rather just buy my offensive line over the next two years and then we'll figure out the rest later when Joe's contract really starts hitting. Um, we'll go to goose. He says with this most likely being Boyd's last year, how early in the draft are you thinking the Bengals look at wide receiver? They could look at it at any point, right? That, that mm-hmm. is the one thing I'm thinking of is it would be very surprising, but not yet shocking to see that as the pick at 28. They just love wide receivers. That's, I think, the reason I think it's not shocking to for that to happen. Like, if Jackson Smith guy from Ohio State <laughs> is there, he didn't run the 40. He's not going to run the 40, so maybe that pushes him down. He's supposed to be really good. He's supposed to be a very good slot receiver and do some other stuff, but, you know, slot receiver made me think, oh, okay. Um yeah, that 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 one's on my mind of like that's there at 28. Maybe they go there if Jalen Hyatt or Tyler Scott are there in like round three. That's a very intriguing pick, fits what they need. So I would think it could be at any point. I would think it wouldn't happen until round two at least, but I could see like if a guy falls, round one is not off the table. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I agree with you. And I was just down on them for how they dropped offensive linemen. They're really good at wide receivers. So I'm I'm game for that. And if you think at the same time, even with Boyd here this year, I'm not even thinking about the future right now. You have Boyd, you have T. Higgins, you have Jamar Chase. Yes, Trent and Irwin stepped up last year, but I, I would rather upgrade that position if possible for wide receiver number four. You're not going to spend crazy money, and I don't want to bring in a, a, you know, a free agent wide receiver because some of those top guys, it's going to be really expensive, and you're still trying to pay your own guys, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. So at the same time, if you can get a wide receiver at 28 and he's a top talent, sign me up right now. Um, that is smart. That's a position group. If you can go cheaper in in the future, um, I say give Joe Burrow all the weapons. So I'm I'm all about that. But I agree with you. And you have to think about Tyler Boyd's last year because I don't know what they do with Tyler Boyd after this season. Jeff Smith says, um, are you tired of mock drafts? Uh, um, like a tiny bit, but nothing crazy. I, I'm not that upset about it yet. You know, <laughs> I haven't had I haven't seen enough of them to really hate it. Um, but yeah, I, they're, they're still fine. I just think we are at the point where they all just start, you know, my eyes glaze over and I see like the same picks for everything, even though like each one is unique and whatnot, but yeah, I don't know. You got like, uh, I don't know. Like I've seen so many of like Anton Harrison round one and then blah, 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 blah down, the, down the list. Always Tajay Spears or somebody like that round four who I don't think will be there. Like blah, blah, blah. My eyes are just glazed over and I just look at it and go, yeah, sure. 
my favorite ones that I see on Twitter are the are the guys that you know we've talked about on this podcast, and people will have them as like a third round pick, and they're probably not. It's probably more of a second round, or they're going to be a later pick. And I always find that funny when it's guys. Some, from somebody picks. sent me one that was like stupid, great, like Paris Johnson round one, and then another round one get like Michael Mayer somebody round two. Oh. It was it was just like congrats on getting the perfect AI for your <laughs> mock draft. I don't know what to tell you. Like, this isn't happening. No, not at all. I mean, I, sign me up. I'd be all about it. But, it was uh, an no. A plus for every single pick from PFL. Of it was. <laughs> I was like, it was. did you cheat? Like, what, what is this? No, all that, that stuff is, it's it's pretty comical. But hey, it's, it's only March 2nd right now, and we have quite a few days until the NFL draft. So I'm not, I'm not too exhausted from uh, mock drafts right now on, on Twitter, but Dewey says, what's the dream scenario regarding the first selection? Oh man. Uh, how unrealistic. Because like you laid out what would be a dream scenario, right? If, if somehow Paris Johnson falls, yeah, that's the dream. It's probably not happening out of the realistic ones. I think, uh, I haven't watched everybody, but the guys I've watched, like getting Mayer or Bijan, I think would be the best case. Um, I, I got to watch some corners, which I assume if one of those guys falls, I think it's what Gonzalez, Witherspoon, Joey Porter Jr., probably some others. <laughs> if one of them falls, yeah, that's, that's a great one too. Uh, other than that, I mean, maybe one of these crazy – Kalaja Kansi would be fun. I don't know if they'll go for it. Uh, but yeah, one of these crazy edge rushers that have posted insane times. One of those guys. That sounds like a good pick. I guess the dream for me would be Paris Johnson. But like the realistic dream is probably going to be one of those corners. But out of the guys I've watched, um, Bijan's my favorite. I don't know what to tell you. I'm ready for the first round because it does. Like, you can correct me if I'm wrong, and it sounds so silly to say when you think of the first round talent, but it does feel pretty loaded with just so many different position groups outside of really offensive linemen when it comes to this first round outside of the rest of the draft. Um, I think it's good at places the Bengals want it to be good outside of offensive line, like running backs good. And I think they go for a running back and then corners good and they probably go for a corner. So it's good in places they want it to be good. If you were a guy that wanted a safety, I have no idea what the safety class is like. So um, that, yeah. Probably should have uh, tried to draft Dax Hill last year if you needed a safety. Um, Eric says, what are the odds we see a new backup quarterback next year? Is this Joe Burrows and Allen friendship more valuable than a dynamic player to step in for a game if needed? I know what I'm going to say, but I'll let you go first. 15% chance there's a new backup. I really think it's Brandon Allen. I just think back to like the Jim Sorgi Peyton Manning relationship and you know, those type of things is like, it didn't go away <laughs> until it was like Curtis Painter stepping in for uh, Manning with the neck injury. It's like, sometimes these things happen. You get that relationship. They're basically a, a quarterback coach, Chad Henney and uh, Pat Mahomes have been together the whole time. And Chad Henney's fine, but there's a reason he was just taking like veteran minimum to stay in Kansas city. Nobody was pining for Chad Henney. Uh, so I don't think they're going to try to get a dynamic backup quarterback. I think 
their, all their resources are going to go to all of the other positions. And then if Joe Burrow gets hurt, you just hope that they can survive. But if he's hurt for an extended amount of time, even a good backup is probably not going to be great. That's how I'm seeing this a lot. You know, people want to move on from Brandon Allen. And I feel, look, you have the relationship there. You have your backup guy there. I think that is valuable in the quarterback, quarterback room for Joe Burrow. At the same time, I don't want a good backup because if Joe Burrow goes down, then I don't feel really great about how the season's going to turn out for a long period of time. Then I don't feel good about how the rest of the season's going to go. There are different teams. You could look at the 49ers, um, you know, probably not the greatest example because in the NFC Championship game, Christian McCaffrey had to be the quarterback at one point, but that's when every quarterback went down in that game. But they were able to do enough with their third string quarterback. Brock, who stepped up okay. I mean, he, he had an okay second half of the season. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't. I, d- I don't think about the backup quarterback position a whole lot, to be completely honest with you. All, all I'll say is a good backup runs you, what, like $6 million a year, maybe more. You're talking about like starting right tackle money. You're talking about starting, well, more than starting running back money. You're talking about like a good producing edge rusher. I'm just – it's funny to hear all these things, and then every time I've ever seen somebody do that athletic thing, you know, like people are like, you can't cut college, you can't cut mix. They always cut those two. They always cut those two. They add all these guys, and they always have Brandon Allen still in there as the backup, or it's like a third or like a seventh-round draft pick. And I'm like, well, I don't think the seventh-round draft pick would beat Brandon Allen, to be honest. But, you know, I, I mean, like Brandon Allen's probably not the best quarterback to get into a game, right? But let's not forget. What he did against the Houston Texans. <laughs> I remember Bengals fans being 20. mad about that because they wanted to lose that game because it would help them with the draft pick. It was insane. It was I, – I, I'm trying to remember. It's either better or almost as good as Joe Burrow's best game by quarterback rating. That's how – he was just throwing heat checks. I remember A.J. Green caught one. T. Higgins caught one. He was just – throwing everything that's the only game i've ever seen him and went okay this is this is a dude like if that was me who had that game just went unconscious and the the ghost of earl morale took over me i i would never shut up about it you know like my my kids kids and you know people at the bus stop i would just be showing them highlights just (laughs) that's me (laughs) i did that I outplayed the, the other guy on the other team who I will not name. Um, but but I remember that. I remember that game. They were like, no, you need to lose this game. You're, it's going to affect the standings. I was like, no, Brandon Allen's having himself a game. So, they didn't um, say that when Ryan Finley was winning. <laughs> that, I say this all the time. That that Monday night football game, I'm sorry, Nick is our producer, but hey, he has Super Bowl rings, and, and we currently don't in Cincinnati. But I can talk about this game. Monday night football that December game, I truly felt like that was when everything changed in Cincinnati. I know drafting Joe Burrow that year was really huge and a big deal, but I just felt like it all kind of changed for Zach Taylor. They win in prime time. They beat a good Steelers team. It specifically felt like it changed on the hit to Juju where the ball came out and they recovered the fumble uh, just because it felt like the Bengals got bullied by the Steelers before that for so long. And then they finally did something back and fi- yeah. even in the 2010s when the Bengals were beating the Steelers once in a while and winning the division once in a while it never felt like they were the ones to you know push the Steelers around they finally did it and I was <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah uh, n- nobody also 
So, man, what a year. Never forget, that was Muppet Night Football because the Steelers were favored by like 15 points yes. and ESPN had to make a gimmick because they thought it was going to be a blowout over in the first quarter yes. <laughs> type of game because they were, what, like 11-1 and one heading into that game? I, I thought they were undefeated, then they lost the week before. And I think they yeah. said they, and Nick can correct us if we're wrong, but I don't, and I think um, the whole, all the experts were saying, there's no way they lose two games in a row. They're not going to lose to the Cincinnati Bengals with their third string quarterback. And, uh, 11 and that, one. That no, I, I do. I always look back on that game. That, that gift is one of my favorites uh, from Von Bell. And that's why I want Von Bell to get his extension. He's just, um, he's a highlight machine and hopefully that happens. But yeah. Oh, a lot of good stuff. And honestly, there were a few more mail, mailbag questions we're going to get to in our next segment. And then we'll talk a little bit about Brian Callahan, Lou Anarumo, uh, Darren Simmons, and then Frank Pollock from the Combine next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. 